We're on a mission to explore how emerging technologies, media, robotics, and data and behavioral science will solve humanity's most pressing challenges. From education, mobility, energy, food and water supplies, the environment, employment, all the way to disease and basic human rights. Nothing is off limits. This episode is brought to you by Beverage Universe. They have every flavor to help you stay young, beautiful, and thirsty. Go to BeverageUniverse.com for your next flavor experience. Hi, everybody. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Emma Arakelian. Emma is the CEO and co-founder of Orion Worldwide Innovations, which is a tech innovation and accelerator company that offers services for intellectual property protection as well for innovators. Emma is a featured speaker at Columbia Business School. She's also the managing director and founder of Open Mind Productions, which is a multimedia company where you can find uh, information and a copy of Emma's book, The Business Caring Formula, which we're, we're gonna talk about in a bit and also her podcast and information about her speaking events. Her website is emmaarakelian.com. It's E-M-M-A-A-R-A-K-E-L-Y-A-N. Emma has spent the last 20 plus years in the C-suite and corporate leadership advising Fortune 500 companies, and we're super lucky to have her here today. She's a former Ernst & Young advisory partner and was also in the past the managing director at Accenture. Now, I'm sure I don't have to mention this to everybody, but Ernst & Young and Accenture are dream companies for most people. And um, yeah, so we actually have a former partner of both companies to talk to us a bit about leadership, startup innovation, the startup ecosystem, investor relations, one of my favorite topics. Welcome, Emma, and thank you so much for being here today. It's absolute pleasure to be able to share all these experiences and knowledge and be with you today, Terry. Thank you for ha having me. Of course, my pleasure. So tell us and our listeners about your background. I always love this question uh, because uh, there is so much to share where you were born. I am originally from Armenia. I had my education there as an economist, as a scientist. I uh, had uh, great experiences learning not only what that society is, the former communistic society, but also learning more about what other countries are doing, the economy in general, and uh, made my move to the U.S. in 1989. And I came here on one of the last Pan Am airline flights. Oh, that's cool. I say every time I see the pattern, I said, oh, that was the flight I was on. Um, and it was a start of my technology career when I landed in this country. I took uh, courses and program at NYU, uh, later became a professor assistant uh, to uh, programming languages, uh, to statistical packages. Uh, later on, I started to teach uh, mergers and acquisitions, so I have really long-lasting relationship with New York University. Uh, recently, I did a fintech program for them uh, dedicated to uh, adoption of new technologies and innovation in Japan. Wow. Uh, the Ernst & Young uh, relationship 
uh, came in the uh, early 90s. Uh, it was one of my consulting jobs when we were doing object-oriented programming and uh, technology uh, innovation uh, uh, using laptops that just mm -hmm. came uh, after mainframe. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, joined Ernst Young in their strategic planning and uh, communications place. Later on joined technology. Uh, Ernst Young became my 23-year journey uh, being uh, a consultant and then became a partner in technology advisory in IT transformation. Uh, that experience gave me this amazing opportunity to travel, to learn more about the world. And uh, believe it or not, I worked in 46 countries, uh, wow. worked with 144 countries, uh, like remotely, hmm. that one big number. Wow. Uh, had an opportunity to be in, uh, to live in, in Europe for two years. Uh, and it's public, so I can mention. Uh, the program that I worked on, it was a divestiture program uh, where separated uh, the technology uh, for uh, two big uh, car companies, uh, Mercedes and Chrysler. Uh, so that's one of my uh, biggest uh, uh, achievements that I said, but the separation happened with no lawsuits because technology separation was a very complex one. Mm -hmm. uh, so kudos to all the team members who, will, who may listen to this. Uh, we, we have a story to tell that we made a big difference in, the, in that industry uh, in 2007 and eight. So Ernst & Young uh, also gave me the opportunity to shape my leadership skills, uh, to meet and work with so many different companies, uh, small to mid-sized mid to large, uh, this big uh, Fortune 100 companies uh, in the banking and financial services, uh, private equity firms. Uh, so that. Uh, also included not only technology but uh, business, tax, audit, and uh, other operations related services. So that gave me this really full spectrum of like how different people think about business, how different people think about growth and strategy. Uh, so I have uh, then transformed that into emerging technologies experience with Accenture, mm -hmm. learning all these new technologies and how did they change and shape our new generation, uh, our new uh, future business solutions. Uh, so that gave me a different edge uh, to my skill sets. Uh, then the book came, and uh, we'll talk about the book uh, later, uh, but what is critically important, I think I wanna try to make these themes moving forward is that technology only is not enough. Business only is not enough. That They have to merge. They have to think together because technology is extremely powerful and business is really promising. So the two together makes the difference. I love that. I love that. So tell me what happened after Accenture. How did your career shape after that? It was about being ready, as I said, business and technology and uh, learning and uh, traveling to different countries, uh, getting into this aspect of like how different people are and more importantly, how similar they are. And then you, uh, you shape your thinking how to design solutions and uh, products and how you offer them and how you bring value to all involved parties. I felt ready at that time to write the book, 
about leadership. Like, how do you lead yourself? How do you lead teams, companies, regions, and then the whole society taken to the next level, and then the world, after all. Mm -hmm. uh, so I felt uh, ready to take that kind of a message to others. At the same time, I also felt responsible. Like, if I know this, why wouldn't I share? Uh, so if you have things to share, think about how you can do that. You could do through a blog, you could sign up to be a professor somewhere or assistant professor. Uh, you can join uh, communities. You can join uh, all these great organizations, NGOs that are all over the world. Uh, you can join any place and just make sure that you share the, the message. It's almost like a responsibility. And I always make this analogy. Like, imagine somebody can paint but doesn't. Mm -hmm. Imagine somebody can sing but doesn't sing. It's the same thing as a professional, you have something to give. And that is the knowledge about leadership, that's a knowledge about what change we should bring to the society, thinking forward for our young generation, still looking at us like what are we doing and how are we shaping the future for them. Though I love young generation now because now they want to get involved. Well, if you're making this decision, I want to know why. And have you thought about the long term? Because short term it could be good, but long term I don't see it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. So all this yes. political shaping, all this politics that yes. is going around, it is because we want to know not only short term, but long term. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that shaped my next steps. So because I was so deep in technology for so such a long time. And I made, and I had a lot of interaction and uh, became like a, this fearless leader. By the way, that's what my nickname was. Emma is the fearless. I love it. And caring leader. That kind of shape to have two tracks. One is, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you lead a change? And how do you become someone uh, who believes in what you do and others follow you and work with you? Uh, that became my Open Mind Productions, the company that does the multimedia targeting leadership and how do you actually become a leader and how do you lead others mm -hmm. to become leaders. The second one was my technology uh, growth in innovation space and also technology just as is like uh, the fundamentals. Uh, then uh, it shaped the Orion uh, but then because we are living in the innovation era, this millennium and this second decade of the millennium is all about innovation. Why? Because we have abundance of information. Mm -hmm. Some of that you can filter and there is always something can be done better. And if you are uh, that prepared, kind of find the solution that can disrupt even technologies or I industries, then it becomes the unicorn. Then it becomes the shaper of the future. Uh, then I uh, built this company that uh, is uh, targeting startups, targeting innovation, and targeting innovators, individual innovators, companies, and also scientists who have so much to offer to this society, and we need to merge them with tech and with business, and the outcomes are amazing. I think that that sounds very forward thinking. As far as your Columbia business class, I want to be a fly on the wall of one of your classes. What kind of topics do you guys talk about? Like, What, what are some of the hottest things that are happening right now in the space? 
I love this question because uh, you mentioned forward thinking. Now get ready for this one, you and Terry and listeners. The topic that I'm bringing to well-defined startups. So Columbia Business School has this very amazing program, very forward thinking. They are teaching companies that are already making money, they have revenue, uh, but they want to grow. Like, How do you prepare them for growth? Uh, so I'm one of the uh, professors, teachers, to talk about what is the growth and how fast you can grow. Is uh, doubling your business enough nowadays? Uh, so the topic that I'm teaching, based on the methodology and proven methodology from the Singularity University, uh, something in my bio I'd mentioned that I Sing became... Singularity? You mean? Singularity University. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. su.org, mm -hmm. in case you want to immediately typed in now and then as I talk you can see some themes and uh, insights. Singularity University uh, has this uh, exponential growth using exponential technologies and exponential uh, organization tools and what it means, how do you grow as a company in the abundance of this information and I'm going to use the word abundance multiple times because that's where we are as a society. It's not information overflow. Actually, I would change the phrase to say information abundance because abundance is so promising. Out of the abundance, you actually come up with innovation. Uh, you filter your group, you put, uh, put portfolios in, there, in this information and then great ideas come up. So what I teach is how to grow 10x using exponential technologies and when I say exponential technologies, you all know what those are. It's just the grouping, the portfolio is different. Uh, we're talking about blockchain. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Internet of Things, IoT. Mm -hmm. We talk about 3D printing, mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, augmented reality, all and robotics. Robotics. Mm -hmm. uh, so all these are grouped into uh, I have to mention also biotechnology because uh, biotechnology is becoming a biosoftware to the uh, to the extent that now uh, with the Singularity University are doing a lot of research with all these advanced uh, organizations worldwide and uh, advanced uh, scientific uh, institutions using the DNA as a software. So we are mm -hmm. our body, our bio becomes a software which means we edit out some uh, bad cells that we don't want them to be there, which is, uh, is a foundation of the illness that may come next day. So we are becoming a software. So we are living in, a, in the era where everything can be digitized. And then what I teach next is, okay, once it's digitized, that digitized information goes through a life cycle of six Ds, the methodology starts from digitizing, ends with democratization. So the democratized solutions are the ones that we all know which ones are those. Facebook is a good example, Airbnb is a good example, and all the big companies, even Uber, you can take it there. When it becomes available, democ democratized, and it's available for you as a service, but then this background information, background infrastructure, was there for them to actually build up on it. 
So all the innovators, uh, people who want to invent, or they are ready to write a new program, just think about how far you can take that innovation. If it cannot be democratized, think twice. So make it democratized. Now, how you get there, with, uh, there is this new phrase that I want listeners to take with you, converging solutions. Mm -hmm. Not anymore just a solution by itself, technology, business, uh, by, by themselves. So converging all these exponential technologies, you come up with new business models. And that will be the disruption. That will bring new ways of doing not only business, but offering services with it. So from now on, you think about, you can't just have an IoT solution by itself. You cannot just have a great uh, black, uh, blockchain platform. There has mm -hmm. to be convergence of the solutions together, then it becomes a new product that has never been in existence, and it's new. Uh, so the 10x growth is based on a digitized information that goes through life cycle. There are six Ds, I'm not gonna go into details because uh, I would love you to take a look at it, what the six D stands for. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, I'm gonna you can have to look it up right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do this mystery because I love this mysterious voice that I'm hearing <laughs> myself uh, through this beautiful microphone. Uh, and uh, uh, take a look at it because that's the current new thought leadership because there is so much available and whoever is able to use the most of it, what's available, will actually break through. Now, the Ubers and Airbnbs and Facebook wouldn't happen t 20 years ago because there was no platform of uh, people being connected not only via computers, but via phones. Uh, so inf information is available 24 hours versus before it was a couple of hours while you were in front of your computer. Uh, so the availability of information uh, physically and availability information in on the internet, that makes the big difference. So all in two innovators, we, uh, we share the new ways of innovating based on what already is in existence. So convergence is the new word. Abundance is the new way of thinking. Whatever is too much available, well then, guess what? There is more opportunities to do something with that more. Very interesting. Yes, for those listening that are interested, if you go on Singularity Hub and uh, search for the six Ds, uh, you'll find a, a very nice infographic on each one of uh, those stages from what Emma just mentioned, digitized all the way to uh, democratized. Now, um, give me some examples of companies that have followed this pattern. You mentioned Uber, you mentioned Airbnb. What do startups today, let's say um, if you take a case study of someone who has um, the technology background, they have the capital, and they're looking to start or invest into a business, how would they go about finding the types of companies that fit this model? Well, like I said, any information that gets digitized goes through this cycle. Uh, so what startups can do, look at it, uh, where they are in that 
cycle. Some of them, uh, they may not go into disruption, but they will go into a disrupted industry already. I'm gonna bring the uh, example that didn't happen yet, so it's on its way. Uh, it's the 3D printing is considered to be the next disruption. Uh, we had disruptions in the, in the past that was in music industry. Um, the, the, once the music got digitized, uh, the business model became fairly different. Photos, uh, once it became digitized, then we, we saw actually collapse of many uh, big companies, with example of uh, Kodak, that uh, it got bankrupt 2012, just recently, like eight years ago, not too long ago. Uh, it was disrupted by the disruption phase. So if you look at the disruption phase, which is the n number 3D on the list, um, you will need to know which industry you are targeting and when and how the disruption happened already and the one that it's still coming. So anyone uh, who is thinking what's next, the, the closest one for, based on all of this research and analysis is coming down to the 3D printing, which means the manufacturing industry, which is I think $11 trillion industry, can be disrupted, which means the big companies would not be able, if they didn't digitize, they're not ready for democratization uh, of or, uh, the products that they have, which means it's available to people for free, but they get other services to be paid for. It's a new model. Uh, so if you think about the codec, uh, what happened? The codec was put into the phone. Yes. There was no need to buy. I mean, all the professionals out there, that's a small market uh, that still uh, still stays, it's there. But if you think about the billion people or more, multiple uh, billion people, they are using phones as their camera. Yes. So the camera mm -hmm. got removed. You don't have to pay for a camera anymore. So that is demonetization. When it's you see the... One number five, the I think the demonetization. That means you don't have you get the service without paying for it, but right. then you do mm -hmm. something else with that uh, new service. So think about uh, when you, especially the products, uh, what industry you you belong to, and then understand where is your industry in the sixty. Have they been recently disrupted, and if they have been disrupted, what are the new products, and if uh, it's upcoming, what do you? Uh, plan for it and then how would you as a startup or as a growing company respond so you need to understand the disruption stages for specific industries and I'm just giving you the hint and it's actually very much uh, public information the next one um, is the 3d printing that will disrupt the manufacturing industry so, so tell us a bit about that how do you envision that, that how, how, how will that happen like what, would, what would be the, some of the first stages that we'll start noticing this technology taking over the industry? Well, anything, even the shoe industry, let's say. You, your home, uh, you look at the uh, digitized different designs that all the design companies will put on, on it. So you don't buy the product, you buy the design, so you pay for design, but then it's produced at your home. So you have a 3D printer that prints the shoe you just want it. That how crazy it's gonna go. Now, if you if you expand, anything that you buy now doesn't have to be shipped. Mm -hmm. It just printed in your mm -hmm. house. 
Now, it, it's a long way to go to have everything ready in that stage, but I think that's where it's going. Uh, you have the uh, customization, uh, or it may be the next step would be some shops actually turn into 3D printing. You go and say, I want this, and you just print it right there in 15 minutes, come and pick it up. Uh, it could be jacket, it could be dress, it could be anything. Uh, and then later on, it uh, is like with computers. Uh, first, only a small amount of people could actually afford to have it, and it becomes bigger and bigger. So th the direction is that a lot of the products will become produced differently, uh, customized differently. The materials that are being produced will have different meaning because they have to fit into this printer moment. Uh, so th this disruption is touching many, many areas, including the customer, including the seller and the buyer and the producer and also the transportation. You don't need to have now a lot of materials to be transported here and there uh, and then be produced uh, in the specific places where they never were meant to be produced. So it changes the world. I mean, who would think uh, the photo industry will go through this transfer transformation. Even in 2001, it was not uh, being uh, projected that it will be happen that fast. So the, the phone, the, in, uh, the availability of the technology that could put uh, camera into the phone, that was end of the other uh, companies that were not ready um, to respond. Mm -hmm. uh, so the 3D printing is like that too. So all the manufacturing companies, and I think they're putting a lot of, this is why many companies are putting so much money, attention, uh, and engaging startups, so all of startups looking uh, listening to this uh, podcast, like what are you doing to be part of that disruption because you can offer some specific services. How would you respond to that? And if you want to be on the receiver side, uh, what would you offer to customers to be able to receive that kind of disruption? So you could be on the production side, you could be on the material production, on the design, because all of this mm -hmm. has to be designed to be in the a, in a application, you click print and it does all the work. So mm -hmm. how do you program that? So all of this is uh, coming. We're going to take a break here and wrap up this episode. You guys can find the rest in part two with Emma Arakelian. Thanks for listening to the Amplified Podcast. Follow us on our social channels and subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the next episode, stay tuned for more trailblazing insights, energy, and culture to help fuel your pursuit in the modern digital era.